Well, we're going to read Shaking the Nickel Bush by Ralph Moody, University of Nebraska Press, 1962, Chapter 3, Movie Location. Father, I give you uh, thanks for each of the family members that gets to hear this. I thank you that we had our time on the Zoom call today and got to see each other and hear each other and, and visit and share. Uh, technology is pretty amazing that it's changed from what we're going to read about in this chapter to what we have this day. Yet it's still for real people. Uh, men and women around us that we get to love and encourage and walk with and uh, to touch and to eat meals with and to drink uh, coffee with and it's good Lord that we're on this earth at this moment in history in Jesus name. Amen. Okay, movie location. I've been worried ever since I saw those city slickers shooting off orders and strutting around in their fancy cowboy outfits. I was even more worried after I'd signed the form saying I'd do whatever the bosses told me to. Riding in horse falls was bound to be dangerous at best, but if the men who were bossing the show didn't know anything about horses and riding, it could be murder. So the first question I asked Ted Hawkins was, who'll be my boss if I do any riding here, and how will I know I'm going to get paid? That paper I signed said, Ted glanced both ways and dropped his voice. I don't make no never mind about what contracts says. He told me, they're so far over the barrel for boys, they'll tackle rough spills that, so far over the barrel for boys that'll tackle rough spills that they're hurting bad. There's talk going around that they're running shy on cash. You'll be your own boss if you can stick it out and don't get busted up too quick. And I reckon that trick riding you done when you was a kid will save you a lot of grief. Make your dicker before every ride and collect it for it before you make another one. They'll squeal like hogs with their tails caught in the barn door. But you'll be the boy that gets a hold of the door handle. The overhead on this layout is 5000 a day. Whether they shoot a foot of film or not, it takes a lot of high action footage to get that kind of seed back. And they can't cut the chunk unless they hold on to boys that'll take the rough tumbles. Of course, every dude with a red handy around his neck will be yelling orders at you. But don't pay him no heed. I'll be giving the orders at the takeoff. There, they... They sure must have to take a slew of pictures if they're over the barrel for riders, I told them. I saw at least 60 cowhands and 30 or 40 Indians in the grub lines. Them ain't fall riders. Them's yellow bellies, Ted told me. And he spit it out as if he'd bitten into something rotten. Leastways, the white ones is. Most of them engines has gets enough, but you can't hire engines to ride horse falls. Government agent won't let you. Most of them white ones is extras, half-baked actors the outfit fetched along from Hollywood. Didn't you take note of their fancy chaps and pearl-handled six-guns and Spanish boots? All they do is ride along to make scenery. The engines was fetched along, too. Don't dare use the local ones. They're like as not to forget it ain't a real war and somebody to catch an arrow in the butt. I didn't know much about California, but I did know they had mountains and deserts out there, and that would give them about the same kind of background scenery. If most of the help was from there, I couldn't see any sense in the outfits coming way over into Arizona to take their pictures. So I asked, why in the world did they bring the whole works over here? Wouldn't it have been cheaper to take the pictures closer to home? Ted spit at a clump of cactus and growled, use your head, kid. Arizona's a new state, and they ain't got too many laws yet. California's an old one, and they got cruelty to animal laws over there. The way they throw these old crow baits there ain't one of them in ten don't get a busted neck or a busted leg, poor devils. But one thing I will say for the outfit, they keep a sharpshooter right handy, put them out of their misery in a hurry. A boy in Phoenix told me 
they threw a boy in Phoenix told me they threw them with wires I said but he didn't know just how it worked come on out to the road strips and I'll show you Ted told me it ain't a bad idea for you to know how it works before you take your first spill Ted led me out to a fairly level gravelly place at the far end of the Mesa where there were more different kinds of cactus than I'd ever heard of and as we went along he told me the names of all the different ones I've forgotten the names of a good many, but I remember there being giant saguaros that stood 20 or more feet tall. In the twilight, they looked like sentinels, some of them with a pair of side branches that looked like arms lifted up toward heaven in prayer. Scattered between the stunted palo verde trees, yucca plants taller than my head, mesquite and creosote bushes, there were clumps of ocotillo cactus that looked like writhing snakes balanced on their tails. Here and there, staghorn collas, some of them growing to trees 10 feet high, stretched out naked branches that looked into the twilight as if their ends were festooned with silvery lichen. When we came closer, I could see that the lichen was a mass of hanging twigs, each covered with a million sharp, needle-sharp spines strewn in clumps and patches across the gravel. There were hedgehog challa, prickly pear, fishhook, and beaver tail cactus. As we rounded a clump of wind-gnarled palo verde trees, I saw half a dozen heavy blocks of concrete lined up in a row. Bolted to the top of each block was what looked to be a giant fishing reel, wound tightly with fine steel wire. Them's the trippers, Ted told me as he picked up a wire with a stout little hook twisted onto the end of it. Your horse will be wearing a shoe on his near forefoot with a ring welded to the heel. This here hook gets pinched tight into the ring, so it can't get shook loose and the spools left to spin free while the cowboys chase the engines past the cameras take note of the saw teeth on the rims of the spool and that pair of iron hooks that hinged atop the spool well when the director spots you right where he wants you in front of a camera he'll give a high sign and the trigger man will drop the hooks with a forefoot yanked out from under him your cayuse will somersault in the air and like as not he'll land on his back how and where you land will depend on what kind of a horseman you are and how many bad spills you've lived through before you come here. I've lived through some pretty bad ones, I told him, but never where there was any such a mess of cactus as there is around here. That's why I fetched you out here, he told me. Did you take note of which shoe the wire gets hitched to? Near four, I said. So? So the pony will somersault quartering to the left, I told him. Ted slapped me on the shoulder and said, Now you're using your noggin. But there's, there's other things you'll need to know. The cameras will be on that side so as to make the most out of the fall. And they'll follow you as you fly so as to leave out the pony if it happens to get its neck broke. There's no, there's, there ain't no director that's fool enough to dump you where the cameraman will have to make his shot through a mess of mesquite or ocotillo or staghorn collar. But there's plenty that's dirty enough to dump you into a, a mess of low cactus, especially if they figure you're making your last ride anyways. Will the wire be loose enough that I can rain out around that kind of spot, I asked. You ain't going to rain around nothing, no place, he told me. If you're a cowboy, you'll have a six-gun in each hand and, or an old musket in the both of them shooting black powder blanks at the engines. And don't forget, kid, drop them guns quick when your pony falls away. Freeze onto one and land with it in your hands, you'll be a goner. If you're an engine, you'll need both hands for bow and arrow. But that don't make no neverminds, because you can't see where you're going no ways. You'll be turned half around shooting arrows with black, well, with rubber tips back over the cowboys' heads. That's why the outfit will pay double for them falls. But what I set out to tell you was this. you got to use your knees and your weight to put your cayuse where you want him. 
If you don't keep him where there's clear ground on your left, especially when you're in range of a camera, you'll get mussed up something awful. The devil it is, you never know what kind of a nag you'll get or how he'll guide with knee, knee pressure. Worst first is the way they pick the horse falls. No, worst first is the way they pick the fall horses. Well, I said, I haven't got much weight to swing a horse with. At double the pay, it sounds as if, it sounds to me as if I'd be smarter to take Indian Falls. I wouldn't have any saddle to get hung up in. And don't get no foolish notions in your head, Tan, Ted told me. Going into a fall backwards and not being able to see where you're at or where you're going to land is dangerous as dynamite. That's why you see dang few engine ponies hit the ground in the movies. Mostly the riders just heave their arms up like they was hit and take a dive off along the side, off to the side of the pony's neck. Then they slide on down and roll clear as the nag hightails out of camera range. There ain't an engine on the lot that can't do that real good, and they don't get no extra pay for it. Twilight had turned tonight while we were talking there by the trip reels, but the stars had come out so bright that it hadn't grown much darker. After we'd started back toward the tent village, I asked, Is that strip you showed me the toughest one they got? Lord, no, he told me. That's the easiest one, but the one they've had to use the most. Didn't you take note how the ground was all tromped up? Have to keep the cameras up often or moving fast enough, the tracks won't show in the pictures. Let's mosey around the rim over here. I'll show you a set they've spent 10000 on and ain't shot a foot of film on it yet. Can't find nobody around here that'll risk taking a fall on it. Don't know what's happened to the young bucks nowadays, less than all the good ones is off to the war. The outfit might have to bring stuntmen out here from Hollywood to take the falls in this new set, and they won't get them boys for no 10 or $15 a ride. We'd walked a hundred yards or so along the edge of the mesa when Ted stopped and said, There she is. Ain't that a beauty? But I've took spills down a lot worse places than that when I was a cowhand, working for 30 a month. I'd taken a couple of myself on hillsides nearly as steep, and when I was only a youngster, but I hadn't done it on purpose, or when a horse had a foreleg jerked out from under him so he'd somersault on top of me, or where there were boulders half the size of a chicken house. Even in the twilight, the, even in the starlight, I could see that the place Ted was showing me was steeper than a church roof. The ground was littered with loose stones, and all, all the way to the bottom, the side of the mesa was studded with cactus, brush, mesquite, and boulders, with three or four saguaros that looked as solid as granite pillars. I guess I'm yellow, I told Ted. That looks to me like the best place on earth for a man to commit suicide. That's what it's meant to look like, he told me, but I'd as leave take a tumble on it as on that one we just left. Them boulders is all made out of canvas and paint. Was you to fall onto one of them, it would crumble like a cream puff. Every jagged rock and them bigger than your fist has been picked off the ground, and the worst of the stickers scun off in the cactus. You see them staghorn trees and yuccas down yonder? Ain't a one of them but it's been dug up and set back in loose. Bump one and it will top over like a ten pin. Here your pony don't get thrown in a tight somersault. He'll be quick tripped by a crosswire and turn loose to make a longer fall. Even at that, the place looked pretty dangerous, particularly with the kind of horses I'd seen in the Remuda. Um just so you guys know the Remuda is the all the horses, that's what all the horses are called when they're all collected together for people to ride, so refers to the horses. If ridden over the edge at the dead run, a horse with bad knees would be almost sure to fall and somersault when he landed. Or, if there were any others behind, one of them could easily stumble and come down on top of a man. After I thought about it for a couple of minutes, I asked, could a man pick his horse for taking a shot at this layout? I'd make you that promise, Ted answered. 
Could I be sure of being last to go over the edge? I'd be bossing the job, and I ain't plumb stupid, kid. I'd be watching out for you, and you wouldn't have to take off on the dead run, neither. I waited another minute and asked, What will they pay for taking a spill down this one? <clears throat> Ted squinted an eye and looked up at the stars for a couple of seconds. They go 25 without too much squawking, he told me. Might go as high as 30 was you to make a really show fall, a real showy fall. Think they'd go to 50, I asked. Ted thought for a minute and then shook his head. Uh-uh, he told me. Might stretch it another five if they figured they could get a few more good falls out of you. But they wouldn't go the half century. They'd get stuntmen out from the coast for they'd crack through with 50. Word spreads too easy. The other boys might hang out for big money on the flat strips. What are they getting now, I asked. 10, maybe 15, where the ground's roughest. It was up to 20 for an engine fall, but they don't run them on bad ground. Is morning soon enough to make up my mind? Soon enough, any time. If you don't mind paying board, he said. But was I you? I'd think a lot about tackling this layout. It ain't no worse than the others if a man keeps his head about him. And if he could hang on for half a dozen falls, he'd make a pretty good stake. Ted and I didn't talk about horse falls anymore that evening. On the way back to our tent, we talked mostly about Colorado and the Littleton Roundup and High Beckman and a few other cowhands we had both known. After we got back to the tent, Ted was too busy to talk to me. While we'd been gone, a scout from whom the outfit had sent a scout whom the outfit had sent up to Wyoming to find fall riders had come in with 14 recruits. He must have scoured the whole state to find them. There was no doubt about their being working cowhands, and I never saw a tougher-looking 14 all in one bunch. They were all in their late 20s or early 30s, and every one of them was as stout and wild as his longhorn bull. And somewhere along the line, they'd gotten hold of a gallon of corn squeezings. When we came into the big tent, they were shooting craps in the middle of the dirt floor, whooping and yelling like a band of drunken Indians. Ted was still trying to break up the game and get them into bed when I went to sleep. The Wyoming boys were still half drunk the next morning, and four or five of them were uglier than grizzly bears. They seemed to be looking for trouble with anybody who didn't belong to their own gang, and a couple of fistfights were in full swing before I could get my boots and britches on. There wasn't a man in that tent who couldn't have knocked me for a loop with a single punch, so I ducked out as quick as I could and headed for the grub line. I'd been in the chuck tent 15 or 20 minutes when the rest of group 3 came in, and among them were half a dozen guards with nightsticks in their hands. I was just getting up to leave when they came in, but Ted saw me and motioned for me to sit down again. Most of the Wyoming boys took nothing but coffee as they passed the serving counter, then sat down at a table near the end of the line and fired insults at the rest of our group as the boys went past to the table farther on. Ted waited until the last man was seated, then brought a cup of coffee and sat down beside me. You lay off this morning, kid, he told me. With these 14 along with the 12 that was already here when you come, there'll be all the riders that's needed and some to spare. The way these boys are het up, there's bound to be some mighty rough goings on out there. And there ain't no sense of you getting mixed up in it. Them Wyoming bucks is out to make is out to make the rest of you you look yellow. And the way them fights went this morning, they ain't going to have an easy time of it. Are you going to put them on the new set, I asked? Wouldn't be no sense in that, he told me. Not till a few busted arms and legs get some cook, cooled out of mite. Haired up the way they are now, they'd hit that rim on the dead run. And for noontime, I'd have them all stove up into kindling wood. They're already fighting among... They're already fighting amongst themselves for the first shots at riding engine falls, and I ain't going to tell them no different. Might as well leave the outfit to get some high-action footage for all that corn liquor wears off. Now, 
I, I'll tell you what to do, kid. You shag on out to that set where we was at last night. There'll be four or five crews setting up cameras along the strip so as the riders won't know where to expect to spill. Pick the third camera from this end and hunker down in a clump of brush where you'll be out of shutter sight but can keep everything that's going on along can see everything that's going on along that strip. Keep your eye peeled and you ought to pick up some stuff that'll help you about getting hurt too bad when your turn comes. A man learns by mistakes, but in this game, that's too late if the mistakes are his own. Ted didn't give me a chance to thank him, but stood up and shouted, Come on there, Group 3! Get that grub into you! We're due at makeup in 10 minutes! Well, once again, it's evident that it's good to have a friend who knows how to give you good advice. And it's pretty interesting, too, to hear about the, uh, the movie sets back when uh, they used to make movies that way. I love you guys.